Oh man, I'm so glad you're here and uh, you are in for a treat today. Mike and Lisa Bryant are with us from uh, Lynchburg. Lisa has served as, for many years as the uh, Director of Women's Ministry and I cannot tell you how glad I am that, that she's here. I had no idea what I would say if I had to talk about being a godly woman um, or a woman at all. And so uh, we, uh, we decided to treat you ladies to someone who has spent much of her adult life uh, learning and teaching uh, about godly women. And guys, if, uh, if you feel left out, be back next week. Uh, because it'll be your turn, and, and uh, but you're gonna you're gonna learn some great things today. It's gonna be wonderful. Would you guys give it up for Lisa Bryant as she comes? Just welcome her. Thank you, Destiny Church, and thank you, Pastor. It's so thank good you. to be here. Right, we appreciate it. And so uh, we have really been looking forward to coming. And I tell you what, it is. Uh, I love that your name, Destiny. That is already just a an awesome. Um, just the whole idea, I was telling, uh, I met, got to meet with Destiny Kids just a few minutes with uh, Grace's group, and I got to tell you, I love your Grace. Grace served with me as an intern at Thomas Road while she was uh, a student at Liberty, and I loved every minute with her. She is awesome, and I was so, was so proud to get to see her with the uh, Destiny Kids today and meet with some of her team, and I was telling her that my favorite verse is 1 Corinthians 2.9. It says, no eye is seen, no ear is heard, no mind is conceived, what God has prepared for those who love him, and I think that verse so fits for Destiny because we can't even begin to imagine what God has for us. And I, I'm excited to just get to share a little bit with you about being a kingdom woman. And I will tell you right now, let's just go ahead and get it, uh, you know, out here wide open is that I don't have it all together. And so my husband, Mike, sitting right here, he can be the first to tell you that a lot of the things I'm going to share with you are going to be from failures. Or they're going to be things that I have tried and just really fell flat on my face. Or I've had other things that I've done where I have watched someone go before me and I followed in their steps. And so that'll be a little bit about what I'm going to share I mean, I already go ahead and tell you, too, you hear this accent, and I can't help it, y'all. I'm from Alabama, South Alabama, so I know, roll tide, roll tide, no war eagles in this, all right, <laughs> so we are, uh, that is this accent, so I'm so glad on your notes, I asked, uh, I put down a few things on the back of the notes at the bottom for you, are some additional resources, so I'm going to, I just listed some of the books and things that have been um, important to me, and I felt like went along with this, this series and this thought of being a kingdom woman, but I also put my email and my phone number there, so if you didn't catch something, or this accent just really threw you off, and you want to ask me, what did you say, you just send me an email or a text, and I'll let you know, and so that I can make sure I'm sharing everything with you, and that you don't miss a thing. Uh, Mike and I have, uh, have had a unique I should say, unique, 30, almost 32 years here that we're coming up on August, and it has been so awesome. The verse that I shared with you became my favorite verse. Uh, when we had, we were still a newly married couple, and we had just a, a, a little 
one-year-old boy. His name is Kyle. And we uh, were just doing life good. We had just bought a four-door car, you know, that was going to be uh, going to last us for quite a while. You, when you get the four-door car, you think, okay, we're serious now. We are a family. We're not going to a van because we don't want to do that. We are getting a car. We can fit the car seats. We can do all those kinds of things and do what we need. And do you know, uh, in the, the, the summer, I found out I was expecting, was very sick, was in the hospital. Mike was with state police. He's in his 30th, 31 year of being with the state police. Uh, but at the time, he was a road trooper. And so I was in the hospital, just real sick, and Mike had, he had gone to work, and I had gone and had ultrasound just to check on things, see how things are doing. And I was hooked up on IVs, and I'm sitting there in the hospital, and I can remember it. I'll never forget this day. Mike comes into the hospital room, and, and I'm just kind of laying there, taking all in, just still in a little bit of shock. And I have a uh, picture, an ultrasound picture, and I, I hand it over to Mike. And I say, Mike, you want to take a look? You know, and he's like, yeah. I said, can you count how many? He said, it's not two, is it? I said, nope, it's not two. We're having triplets. It was a surprise. <laughs> so God surprised us in a big way. So then that verse, no eyes seen, no ears heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. Uh, I just could even, I would have never conceived that. My mama was a twin, but we had no idea, just a big God surprise. But I tell you what we did is we learned how to... Um, Lean on the Lord. That night, Mike went home. I was a couple hours from where we lived in the hospital. And so he drove home. And, you know, the weight of, hey, let me tell you, you know, we've, we've gotten that four-door car that we've just purchased. All right, all of a sudden, we're about to have four children. They do not fit. A four-car seats do not fit in that four-door car. So his cash register is just going off, you know. And, and I'm in the hospital, and how many more days am I going to be in the hospital? What's going to happen here? And then I'm meeting with the doctor, and I'm really, you know, they're just saying, look, Lisa, I, we don't think you'll be able to carry them. Just let me just set that up for you now. We're, we're not, this doesn't look like a good thing. So uh, I'm just setting that up. But you know what? Mike went home from the hospital that night. I was there. And the Lord is so sweet because he gave us both such a peace. And he did it in the way each of us needed. For Mike, the Lord really gave him that peace that night that if God gave us these babies, he could take care of them financially. He could take care of every need we had. And for me, that if God gave us these babies, he could get them to term. He could get them here. He could make them healthy and strong. And so after that night, we still did a lot of laughing and then crying and laughing and crying as we were looking ahead and realizing what was ahead. But mainly, we were just excited. And it's been an adventure. And God's done that other times in our lives. And so maybe you're thinking, you haven't got that kind of surprise or you you haven't had that kind of shock, but there's other things that come up that are, that are shocking or things that are exciting that God can be there for you just like he was for us, and he's been there for us time and time again. Uh, so it's just going to be our time together. We're going to talk about that being a kingdom woman, and guys, I don't want you to feel left out. In fact, I'm pretty sure you can get something. The Lord's got something for you too, but I am going to be sharing just some things that God's taught me in my journey. I love the songs that we sang this morning.
you know what? Kingdom woman is going to give up her heart and surrender. And that's not a passive thing. I love this. There's a blog I love to read. It's called Grit and Virtue. And I tell you what, a kingdom woman does have to have some grit in her life. She has to have virtue too. But it's also not this kind of thing um, of building your own kingdom. Our world right now, our, our, our triplets and older son, they're all, they're all grown. They've got uh, the boys all married. And so now we have three grandchildren and one on the way. But our world right now is a lot of Disney movies. So we've been, you know, we've watched Frozen 200 times and in our van 200 times. And you know Elsa, she, she's got the whole Frozen world and she stomps her foot and the castle comes and it's a, a frozen kingdom there. That's not the kind of kingdom we're talking about. You may know some women who have stomped their feet and maybe you've been one, but that's not what we're talking about. Not this kind of control, not this kind of place of building a kingdom. This is actually saying, God, what is your kingdom like and how can I be a part? How do you take over my kingdom? You take over my world, like we sang. And that, that, that God would take that whole piece and do a work. And we'll see him do then the unimaginable in our lives. Our text today is going to be in Mark 5. And it's a story of a woman sandwiched in the middle of a 911 situation that Jesus is on. He is on a 911 mission because he responds to the woman right in the middle of, of a mission to go save a man's daughter. And we're going to see how this, in this emergency situation, a man is pleading uh, for Jesus to come and touch his daughter. And on the way to see the man's daughter, Jesus stops for the lady. And it can be seen as an interruption. But y'all, so many times, things are not really interruptions. There can be divine appointments. And that's what we're going to see here. So we're also going to see a man in this, uh, this story when we read about that makes a decision. And we're going to see a woman who makes a decision. And both of these people know the first step in kingdom living, and that's to get to Jesus. So let's read here in Mark 5, 21 through 36, and then we'll uh, talk about some kingdom points. It says, And when Jesus had crossed again in the boat to the other side, a great crowd gathered about him, and he was beside the sea. Then came one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name, and seeing him, he fell at his feet and implored him earnestly, saying, My little daughter is at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her so that she may uh, be well and live. He went with him, and a great crowd followed him and thronged about him. And there was a woman who had a discharge of blood for 12 years and who had suffered much under many physicians and had spent all that she had and was no better but rather grew worse. She had heard the reports about Jesus and came up behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if I even touch his garment, I will be made well. And immediately the flow of blood dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of her disease. And Jesus, perceiving in himself that the power had gone out from him, immediately turned about in the crowd and said, who touched my garments? And his disciples said to him, you see the crowd pressing around you, and yet you say, who touched me? And he looked around to see who had done it. But the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came in fear and trembling and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. While he was still speaking, there came from the ruler's house some who said, your daughter is dead. 
Why trouble the teacher any further? And I'm going to go a few more verses. But overhearing what they said, Jesus said to the ruler of the synagogue, Do not feel fear, but only believe. And he allowed no one to follow him except Peter and James and John and the brother of James. And they came to the house of the ruler of the synagogue. And Jesus saw a commotion, people weeping and wailing loudly. And when he entered, he said to them, Why are you making a commotion and weeping? The child is not dead, but sleeping. And they laughed at him. But he put them all outside. He took the child's father and mother and those who were with him and went in where the child was. Taking her by the hand, he said to her, Talitha kumi, which means little girl, I say to you, arise. And immediately the girl got up, began walking, for she was 12 years of age. And they were immediately overcome with amazement. And he strictly charged them that no one should know this. And he told them to give her something to eat. Let's pray. Father, we do just come to you in the name of Jesus. And we're just asking you, Lord, to speak directly to our hearts from this woman, from this man who sought you. Lord, we're asking you to just reveal to us that your Holy Spirit will go in the deepest places of our hearts and show us, Lord, the things that we need to turn over to you. Lord, help us to lean into your kingdom. Help us to know how to be in an unmodern family, Lord. How to uh, go against the grain and trust you every step of the way. Lord, we thank you for what you're going to do in Jesus' name. Amen. We all, in this passage, we can see several things. But the first thing we're going to see is that Jesus is compassionate. He saw her need. And do you know what? When I was in that hospital room and Mike's driving back in his police car, do you know God saw our need? He knew that we were scared to death about what was fixing to come up with us having three little babies at home plus our two-year-old. He knew we were. He saw our need. And he was there and able to help us. Jesus was compassionate here. Jarius, this ruler, he had pleaded earnestly with him. He said, my daughter is dying. Please come. Put your hand on her. And Jarius was a ruler in the synagogue. So... Uh, and his daughter, they, it goes on in other places in Scripture that tell us that she was his, his one and only daughter. And so that she was known as a little girl. She was precious to him. And she had, you know, was still considered that young woman. So Jesus, has, he's going with him to go help this man. And, and a large crowd came around them. Now, not everybody there was all about Jesus. There were a lot of times crowds were following Jesus, but they were just curious. They were curious about what was happening and the excitement. But they weren't there with the same heart and same need that Jairus was there. But in the middle of that, right here in the middle of Jesus going with Jairus, a large crowd is following him, and there was a woman a woman who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered under many physicians. She had spent, they said, all she had. She had tried everything. She was desperate. She did not know what to go on, what to do. But she knew she needed to get to Jesus. She heard Jesus is on the way. And this woman, she went through and she risked everything to get to him. And you know, I say that she risked everything just because of the, the cultural conditions. And she was being considered unclean. Not only was she shouldn't be out touching anybody in her, in her 
situation, but she shouldn't be out, definitely not going and reaching out for Jesus. The cultural thing would have said, do not be here out in this crowd. Don't get around me, but she got there. She risked every known cultural barrier to come to Jesus. What would people think of her? Here she was out in public, but she approached Jesus from behind, and she believed in her. If she could even just get to his clothes, if she could even just touch him, she would be healed. And so what happened was that Jesus, he also responded out of the ordinary because Jesus, he knew something had happened. He said, and he, did, he called her out publicly, but he did not call her out publicly to condemn her, but he praised her faith. Do you know what? When you're feeling conviction in your heart, uh, Jesus never shames you. He always convicts to draw you closer to him. And you know, when she, this woman, when he's calling her out publicly, he's not going to shame her for doing something that's breaking a cultural barrier. No, he's praising her faith that she's come to him. She, he, is, he is bragging on her, excited for her to come for him. And he even says, your faith has made you well. She was free from her affliction. So a kingdom woman wants to get to Jesus no matter what it takes. Think about those words I mentioned earlier, grit and virtue. There's a delicate balance in there. Uh, grit means you're just going to get in there and get it done. Sometimes you have to have that determination. And this woman had some of that. She knew what she needed to do, and she got there. She risked it all. But how do we today, you know, a woman here in this unmodern family, how do we get close to Jesus? You know, we can't, we're not going to run down and try to touch him somewhere. That's not the, where we are. But we're here in this unmodern family. How do we get to know Jesus today? And here's the first uh, blank there for your, your worksheet is that a kingdom woman listens. And how does she do that? She gets into God's word. You have to. If you want to get to Jesus you need to get in God's word for yourself. And as wonderful as Pastor Greg is and as your life groups are, and you want to be plugged into all of the things that Destiny Church offers for you, but you also need to get your cup of coffee or your tea or whatever you like and get in God's word by yourself and go through and let God speak to you into your heart. Look at my Bible. Now, everybody's different. So you know what? Don't think you have to do your Bible study like mine. I do. I'm a post-it note person. So when I'm going through the Bible and something's speaking to me, I start getting my post-it notes out. I put it on here. Mike's reading his Bible. He has a notebook that he's writing and journaling. What is God saying? Or do I feel a conviction? Is there something I need to work on here? He's writing that down. But you know what? You don't have to get into a program of doing it exactly like someone else. You do it how the best way you learn and the best way that you can have the Lord speak to you. But a kingdom woman gets in God's word, and you don't rush it. You have time to linger. You have time to be and be able to let God speak to you. You take advice. A kingdom woman takes advice. She listens to those who are a few steps ahead of her. And every time when we had our triplets, you better believe I was on the phone finding somebody else who had had triplets and quadruplets. I was talking to them. What did you do? How did you feed them? How did you change? How did you survive? And they helped me. Well, when those guys got to be teenagers, I was talking to parents who were parents of teenagers. How did you survive? What did you do? You know, every stage, find someone who's gone a little bit ahead of you. A kingdom woman prays. 
This is your second blank. Kingdom Woman Praise. And this is the glue to everything for me. I will tell you what. I rely on prayer, and it's some of the books that I shared with you on that resource list, just to stay praying and praying Scripture and going to God's Word and praying it and, and just constantly bringing everything before the Lord. A kingdom woman forges friendships, too, that push her to Jesus. And this is part of that prayer. This is my, my friends. I have four close prayer friends. And there was about 16 texts here this morning from how they were praying for me before I came to speak uh, to you at Destiny Church. So they are praying for you, too, right now. But friends, pray. Those friends, they get on our, their knees and we are praying for our families and for um, our lives and what that looks like. And they are praying for us all the time. Forge friendships, ladies, with, uh, with women who will push you towards your family and not away. Forge friendships with women who are not going to always say, hey, let's do ladies' night out, ladies' night out, ladies' night out. But when they hear your husband's off work that day, they say, oh, do not come with us. Go with your husband. You need to be with them. Find that kind of friend where you don't feel like you're being pulled, but they're pushing you to your family, and they're also pushing you toward Jesus. A kingdom woman honors. That's your next point. He honors. You know, I need to respect and honor your husband. And that definitely sounds like something in an in a unmodern family that you, you don't, it's not a cultural thing right now to think, oh, I need to respect and honor my husband. What are you talking about? But let me just tell you what, there's not anybody in this room who's not under some kind of authority, men or women. You want know God from Genesis to Revelation, he works through authority. He does. The Bible is an order. It's, it works through authority. And part of that authority and part of that working is that he, uh, the relationship between a husband and a wife. And we are to honor and respect our husband. And God, um, he works through that. He works, he honors, he brings peace. And I can't explain it all and how it works. But I will tell you what, it works for your family. And it will work. And when you follow that godly principle of honoring and respecting, it will just change your marriage and it will change your life. So I have several resources there for you. But that Love and Respect book by the Eggerges is an awesome one too. A kingdom woman uh, loves well. She loves well. She loves hard. She doesn't question uh, others' motives. She stays positive. She thinks the best of others. That kind of sounds like the 1 Corinthians 13. And she gives intentional focused time to her family. I was in, we were in Chick-fil-A yesterday. We had made a last minute uh, run over there and they had the little boxes encouraging everyone to put their phones, you know, in the boxes during dinner time. And I think that is awesome. But I tell you what, I don't think it's just the teenagers that have an issue with this. Moms of, um, we're, we're some of the worst offenders. And when our preschoolers or teenagers or husbands are around us, please let's not let them see us, you know, our face texting down. I even have to, I thought when Mike and I are driving down the road that, hey, well, that's a good time for me to text. And sometimes I realize, oh, that's kind of bothering him. You know, maybe I should be talking to him about that. We definitely don't want to do it at the table or when our little ones are there. Be, make sure you're having focused, intentional time with them. Paying attention. She does that for her family. That's, again, part of that grit and virtue. A kingdom woman embraces her season. 
And as a women's ministry leader, I will tell you, I have worked with hundreds of women. And this is what I've seen. I can't wait until I get married from the single women. I can't wait till I have children. I can't wait till my children are out of diapers. I can't wait till my children drive. I can't wait till they're gone and they're out of college and they're on their own. You know, from one season to the next. And let me just say, embrace the season you're in. Whatever season you're in, love it and enjoy it and be there. Be there for that season. But let me just also say, some of you are saying, yeah, that sounds easy to you. Uh, You know, you don't know what's going on in my life. And let me just say, in Alabama, we have another season. It's called hurricane season. So it's not like summer, winter, spring, and fall. We can anticipate that. But sometimes the hurricane comes. It wipes everything out. It takes the power out, and there's devastation. And let me just say, I know to you, some of you in this room are maybe in a hurricane season. Maybe it's because of nothing of your choices. It's nothing, you, you know, just like me in, in Alabama and you, the hurricane comes through. It's nobody's fault. It just came through. And maybe that's you. Maybe you've made some really lousy choices and you're in hurricane season just because of consequences. But either way, there's devastation and hard. But in that, ride that storm out by leaning into Jesus. Just keep pushing in, pressing in, and know that there will be an other side to that season. Two years ago this summer, I kind of found myself in a hurricane season. It was a Sunday like this. We had just gotten home, and I got a call at my dad, who was 83, had just taken his life. Oh, it was a hurricane. This dad had, had known Jesus and walked with Jesus, but in a weak moment, made a horrible mistake. And it was devastating to our family. It it still has repercussions. But do you know what I found? In the lowest of lows, Jesus is still there. And if I look to him, he has compassion on me, and he will have compassion on you. No matter where you are, he will be there and, and connect with you and wants you to reach to him. He will meet your need. He is there no matter what season. All right, part of embracing a season, though, part of embracing and loving a season is that you also have to release. So some of you mamas and women in this room, you have loved being a mother. You have loved every season you're in. In fact, you've loved it so much you don't want it to stop. I know we're at kindergarten graduation time and high school graduation right now, and some of you, your hardship will be, Not loving the season, but letting and launching your children. And maybe some of you are college students in here, and you're saying, oh, yes, they will not let me go. I want to be free, and they are not letting me go. So just understand, college students, that your mom's probably just really loving you from the inside. But you do have to release well. And my husband helped me do this too. But I will tell you one other thing. I had a godly woman speak into my life many years ago. Probably my triplets and kind of, they were probably eight and ten, big boys. And she'd say, Lisa, pray now that you are released well. You are not growing up boys. You are growing up men. So all those years, you need to be planning that you're raising men, not boys. And you train them up to go and lead. And it's not good for them to always want to be home. They need to launch out and be strong. So release well. And then a kingdom woman is always ready uh, to accept her next assignment. She's going to do that well. And I, 
as Pastor was saying, I had been a women's ministry leader for 12 years full-time at Thomas Road. Loved it, loved it, loved it. But about probably a year and a half ago, I had started praying, more maybe two, praying about what's my next assignment. I knew I had a new assignment. I thought that was within the church ministry. Just assumed it was, was praying for that. But then as Mike and I continued to pray, I knew it was clear that I was supposed to step down from that ministry that I had the joy of building and release that to someone else and then go and do a new thing. And then even more surprised that the Lord would have me start a business. And so that was also totally different, completely different. And yet I knew I was supposed to do it. Remember, let go of one thing. And grab the new. Now, I wasn't letting go of Jesus. And somebody said, oh, have you left the ministry? I said, no, I haven't. I'm just not getting a paycheck from 701 Thomas Road. I am going to do kingdom work. And that's what I've been seeking to do. How do I bring kingdom work into the marketplace? And so God's got me on a whole new thing. But what is your next assignment? Ask the Lord what that is. Have you ever used... Um, or seen someone use a crowbar. I have not done this, but I have watched my husband. You use a crowbar to leverage, to give you strength. So something you couldn't do easily with your hands, if you use a crowbar or, or a larger instrument to leverage it, to give you strength that you wouldn't have on your own. And that takes two hands. And I say leverage the season you're in. Leverage what assignment God has you on so that you can do it full-heartedly, wholeheartedly. Every bit of the way. And finally, a kingdom woman relies on the gospel every day. Every day. I need the gospel today as much as I did the very first time I ever realized that I was a sinner and I needed a savior. But do you know what? I need the gospel today. Jesus came, Jesus died, Jesus rose from the dead. And I need that truth. It's the power of that gospel that helps us live a kingdom life. It's the power of that gospel that helps us to have an agenda that's not our own. We're not stomping our feet. We're our agenda and building our own kingdom. We're asking God, what's your, what's your kingdom? How can I lean into it? The gospel is what will continue to have our hearts fall at Jesus' feet. Like Jarius, the gospel is what will help us, like that woman, reach out to him no matter what it takes. The gospel and the power of that gospel is what will give us hope when our kingdoms are crashing because his kingdom is not crashing. We relied on him. As I uh, finish up and wrap up, I want to say, you know, I was telling you, I've been married to Mike for 32 years this August. And you know what? I don't have to wonder about that. I don't have to go through I don't say, hmm, I wonder, are Mike and I married? No, I don't think about that. I think, man, I know, I know our life is committed to him. We have grandchildren. We have children. My life, I, ha I carry his name. I belong to him. I don't have to wonder. You know what? All of life is making decisions. And a walk with Jesus is making a decision too. And I would say, Jarius, he made a decision to bow at Jesus' feet. And that woman, she made a decision to go and get to Jesus no matter what. And I want to just ask you, will you make a decision today? As pastor comes and we wrap up, to see, will you make a decision to follow Jesus, to be that kingdom woman, to be that kingdom man, no matter what it takes, no matter what God is doing, because he is worth following. He will rescue you 
in the, the hurricane seasons of life and the day-to-day season. He is there for you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Wow, that was great. That was fantastic. A lot of uh, young men who are in here in college are so excited that they heard the words that they heard today. You've been singing that song, Please Release Me, Let Me Go. And, and uh, well, you haven't been singing that song. That's country. Um, but uh, thank you so much, Lisa. Um, Ladies, we, we honor you, and you, you have an incredibly important role to play in whatever season God has you. And uh, one of the things that I was hoping uh, you would hear today, you heard, and, and that is just how valuable you are and how important you are to the family, to, uh, to those around you. Your relationships are, are rich, and uh, you provide ministry and gifts to your family to the kingdom of God that, that guys just can't do. We, we have, we're just not equipped to do what you do and what God has uh, allowed you to do through your lives. And so I want to pray for you. I want to pray God's blessing on each one of you. And uh, for ladies who may be here, who, and, and guys for that matter, who, who you would say, man, I've lost my role. I've, I've, I'm, I've been misguided. Um, you may even say, I don't, I'm not plugged into the, the giver of life, Jesus, uh, and you want to change that today. This would be the time to do that, to make that commitment, and as Lisa said, to make a decision. So um, let's pray, and I'm just going to take a moment just to be silent uh, as I open the prayer, and would you just let God speak to you? And maybe you've never done this in your entire life, just listen to God. And, and he just speaks to you through your emotion, through your heart, your soul. So let's just, let's just pray. And I'm going to ask God to speak to you. Father, uh, we all just come to you for a moment today asking to hear your voice in the middle of our life right now. Heavenly Father, for every mom who is in this room or every woman who hopes to become a wife and a, and a mom, I pray that they would make this decision today to follow after you, to be intentional in their living, to recognize the huge responsibility and role that you have placed upon them to nurture and love and respect and guide their family. I pray that they would understand the impact that they make when when no one is even looking. 
Father, I pray for the women who are in this building today who have been abused, who have, have been maligned, who have been hurt. I pray that you would heal them and that you would not allow Satan to continue to destroy their effectiveness as they move on to the seasons of life that you have prescribed for them. And that, Father, you would turn things around in their, their lives and make them the effective woman that you have intended for them to be. Lord, I pray for all of us as men that we would understand our need and we would be able to understand how God has provided encouragement and strength and ministry through our, our moms and our, our wives and the women that uh, you have put into our lives. Father, you desire to have a kingdom that is here on earth as it is in heaven. And we desire that, God. I pray that we would recognize our roles and that your kingdom would be built in our lives, in our families, in our homes. Lord, right now I pray for the person who is here today, those who have come maybe unexpectedly to this meeting today and who really need to take a first step and that is inviting you into their heart, offering their lives to you. As we sang that song, we, we just give, give it all to you, God. I pray that they would make that decision right now to give their life, give their hope, give their future, give everything to you right now so that they could live a life of effectiveness on earth as it is in heaven. So Father, on behalf of those who want to make that step, I pray, forgive us of our sins. Forgive us our sins, O oh Lord. Come into our heart. Give us the life that we so desire. I pray this all in the precious name of Jesus. Amen.